Super excited today. Super excited. Just cannot wait to get this podcast started. I have a very, very, very special guest. But before we get into that, I'm going to just dedicate this whole podcast to the city of Chicago. Chi-Town, let's go. Damn. Here we go again. Common past on this beat. I made it to a jam. Now everything I'm not made me everything I am. Here we go again. People talking shit, but when the shit hit the fan, everything I'm not made me everything I am. I never be picture perfect Beyonce. Be light as Al, be your black ass Chauncey. Remember him from Black Street? He was black as the street was. I never be laid back as this beat was. I never could see why people are reach a fake ass facade that they couldn't keep. Them up. fake facades out there. Up. You see how I played a big role in Chicago like Queen Latifah? I never rock a mink coat in the wintertime like Killer Cam. I rock some mink boots in the summertime like Will I Am. Let me know if you feel it, man, cause everything I'm not made me everything I am. Damn. Here we go again. Everybody saying what's not for him. Thank you. That comes from none other than the great Kanye West. Thank you, good brother, for all that you do for us in this world. But as always, I'm going to go ahead and get this podcast started off correctly. Testing, testing, one, four, three. Testing, testing, one, to the four, to the three. It is all love, baby. Welcome to the Ken's Corner Podcast, and I am your host, Ken. And welcome to another Friday. Man, we made it. We made it. My, my thoughts, my prayers, and all that goes out to everybody who has dealt with, dealing with, and have suffered through this COVID situation, please make sure you take care of yourself. Please make sure you're practicing the guidelines to help curve this pandemic. It is all of our responsibility. Let's not wait on the government. Let's not depend on the government to tell us what we just know to do is right. If you choose to interact with people without masks, hey, that's on you. But when you're in in your private area, but when you're in public, please make sure you put on your mask. It's not just for you. It's not a political statement. It's for everybody, including you. So that's just want to make sure I use my platform responsibly in the things that we do. But as always, you can interact with me and follow me on all my social media platform accounts, which is Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ken's Corner. And then you can also interact with me on my website, which is www.kenscorner.co. That is www.kenscorner.co. So like I said, I always I like to interview people that I am fans of, and this person I am truly a fan of. Her name is Miss Reese. I don't like to say people's full governments on here. Just in case, <laughs> just in case you want to do it, but I, I usually, you know, I, I, I kind of steer away from that unless the person says. So I'd like to introduce none other than Miss Reese. Miss Reese, can you please tell the people who you are? Just tell a little bit about yourself before we get into our conversation. Most definitely, most definitely. First and foremost, thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate the invite. Um, my name is Larice. Most people call me Reese. 
I am from Chicago, Illinois. I graduated from Central State University. Shot class of 2000. Yes, Chi-Town. Class of 2017. Majored in biology. I am a teacher for Columbus City School District. And I also work for Directions for Youth and Family Services. And they're one of their lead education specialists. All right, so as you can see that she's from the U. Hey, you know what happened to me today? On oh, a little side note, you know what? So this is the Chicago edition of the podcast. First and foremost, I love Chicago. Shout out to the shy. Always have treated me well. For sure. I love Chicago. Hey. Be you on the stage table, but we can keep going. Okay, well, we'll get into that later. But I talked to Lupe Fiasco today. Word? Yes. So I follow Lupe. I'm a fan of Lupe Fiasco. I follow him on IG. And so I had a little downtime lately. So I've been, you know, just really every time he posts on IG to see the conversation. So he's an intellectual also. So that's another thing, the reason why right. I'm, you know, really into it. So he had, you know, he was talking. So I just made a, I just, you know, I chimed in and said, you know, I would like to talk about the duality of being from the street and intellectual. And he invited me on and I had a nice little conversation with him, man. That's what's up. So yeah, so shout out to Lupe, shout out to everybody from the shy. Hey, nothing, but lo- if I wanted to stay in cold weather, I would stay in the shy. I would. Move. Oh, it's the I, best place to be. I would move to the shy outside of Cleveland. I would move to the shy. So let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into it. So she said, uh, you know, people, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children from all ages. <laughs> the reason I love this young lady so much, she's she's modest. So. Yes, yeah, she had an inv- she always has an invitation to be in my space, but she invited herself. She said, <laughs> since you don't want to have a conversation with me, I'm inviting myself on your podcast. I said, you know what? There it is. <laughs> You're invited. <laughs> so that's why I, when you get two people that's, you know, got that type of go get a mentality game, recognized game. And so right. <laughs> I just said, hey, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> hey, listen. I was driving. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell him I'm inviting myself. That's 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 what it's gonna be like. <laughs> you, the most you can say is no. <laughs> no, I was, I'm not saying no to you. Now, one of the <laughs> things I say, and the reason why, and I said this to you privately, uh, but I also uh, I like to say certain things publicly. Do I tell some things privately? Is, is that I am a fan of yours. Just the way you maneuvered on campus, the way you conducted yourself, at least in the short time that I got to know you, was something that was very, very unique. And I like to use the word real gets thrown around a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me and my definition of real, you are one of the real ones. Where do you get that drive from? Where do you get that type of mentality, that go get a mentality? Man, and first, first I want to thank you for that. Um, and it's crazy because here I am only 26 and y'all know you're much older than me. I won't say Wait how she much. Say, she say much older. I'm just a little older. I, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, you know, you know, I'm from the South, so you know I'm coming with the jokes. But no, I know you being older than me, like, you know, that's really, um, you don't hear that a lot. So I'm, I, every time you tell me that, I'm always taken aback. I'm very appreciative, but I will say I, I, my mom taught me everything that I know with just 
platform, being true to yourself, going for anything that you want, not um, not holding back and just doing what you want to do and going forward and anything that you seek or set out for yourself and doing this to your, to your best of your ability. So I just took it from her. She she gave me the play and I just, I just took it and ran with it. Now that's great. I, I, uh, I had the honor, honor and the privilege, and I'll let you get into that part of the story a little bit later. But I, mm-hmm. I knew you, and I met your mom through some adversity that you were going through at our alma mater. And mm-hmm. this was the time that you were running for uh, SGA president, I believe. And some things happened, and I don't know what connected me to your mom. Like I don't know what it was. It was just we were in a in a group together, a uh, social media group on uh, Facebook together. And when I said, you know, you know, she said your name, I'm like, wait a minute, that's my little homie. What's going on? And so she, right. she, you know, inboxed me and told me what was going on. And from the short time that I knew your mom, I could see where you got your magnetic personality from. I see where you got your, your spirit of just ser- service, go get them. Don't mm-hmm. take no for an answer in a good way type of thing that uh, tenacity which is a good thing and so i i saw that uh one of the things that what lesson what are some of the lessons that you learn from your mom that you find yourself now utilizing in your everyday life mm. there's so many there's so many one of the main um most important lessons that i learned was if you give your word to something, you stick to it. No matter what it is, um, no matter what happens, your word is your bond. Um, and follow through is everything. There was so many times where <clears throat> growing up, I would agree to participate in this um, one little Bible Bowl competition thing that we had at church. And my coach at the time was so hard on me and expected so much out of me. Um, But she didn't hold her children to the same standards that she held me to. And so it was very frustrating. And so I used to tell my mom, like, I'm so tired of her picking on me and making me do this and making me do that. And um, I want to quit. My mom was like, no, you committed yourself. You said you were going to do it. You're going to follow through. Now, if you get to the finish line and you decide, you know, that this is something that you don't want to do again, then that's it. But whenever you do something, you follow through and you continue um, until you reach the end, until you've reached your goal and not to let anyone or anything um, distract you or discourage you from what it is that you set out to do. So that's definitely one of the biggest and most important uh, things that, you know, she left me and instilled in me. And that, and, that's, yeah. and that's something good because that is a life lesson that that transcends any type of industry or whatever you're in, you know, mm-hmm. you were. And that's the same way um, I have four handsome young men 
um, kings in my house that our God has given me the blessing to be fathers over. And actually today is the baby's birthday. And so he's a big 10 and each sport or activity they're in, once they tell me they're in it, they're in it. It's not right. that, well, dad, and they're not quitters mm-hmm. anyway, but just like with anybody, their times get hard and they're like, well, I'm right. Gonna, I don't know if I want to do this no more. I'm like, well, no, nah, we're going to go ahead and finish this out. Mm-hmm. And and I think as a parent, well, I ain't going to say I think, I know as a parent, a lot of times we give our lessons from a lot of trauma that we've been through or the mistakes that we did. And so the reason why I'm so hard on my boys about following through and following up is because that's something that I struggled with when I was growing up. And yep. I wish I would have had someone um, or at least my dad on me and be like, no, nah, you know, some things would have turned out different. And so I, I think that's a, that's a one great lesson. Now, in within that same vein, the situation I want to talk about, because I took down notes from what you said you would like to talk about. Okay. And so the issue was, I believe it was, it was, home, it was also you were running for Miss Central State University and I remember I was coming up on campus. I won't see if you remember this story. And you would take, uh, Mr. Davis was taking pictures, doing your pictures. And you had on all white. And he was mm-hmm. going right by the clock tower. And I remember I was coming on campus to visit for something totally different. And mm-hmm. I saw you and I came out and gave you a hug. And I, I don't know if you remember me telling you. I was like, win or lose, you're going to be the face of this university. You remember me, remember me telling you that? Yes. Okay. I do. And... Uh, things didn't go your way um nope. so that goes into the next part of losses and i don't want to say i take credit for this but i'm gonna i'm going to take credit for this one all right you know just take it. <laughs> but i remember going i was going somewhere and i was flying to houston actually and i remember saw i saw your face on the billboard in the airport and i just remember smiling like cheesing so big <laughs> and i was like yeah she's i said win or lose you still going to be the face of this university. But I want yes, you to sir. talk about losses uh, and the challenges that you face as a student and then also challenges that you face in your personal life. Okay, yeah, man. So, yeah, it can it can go so many ways with that. But as far as a student um, and as far as loss, one, you know, like you said, I did run for Miss Central State University. Um, And the way they rank it, well, the way they score it and judge it, you got a pageant, you know, the students vote, and you have an interview. Um, I won everything. I won every category except for the pageant. Uh, It was kind of like a 50-50. I got half of the scores in the upper 90s and then the other half of my scores were in like the mid seventies or whatever the case. So needs to say, I uh, didn't win the title of Mississippi State University. Um, but at the time, the uh, administration that we had there, they were like, okay, well, we don't want to lose her as a, uh, as a student leader on campus. We, Still feel as though that she would be, you know, a great fit um, for our leaders here, but maybe just not in that role. So let's put her in another role. So I was presented with the opportunity to take the 
what was it? The second vice president of Student Government Association. Okay, cool. Um, in that position, I was over all of the the class presidents. Mind you, I had been the sophomore class president. I had been the junior class president. So this was, you know, a perfect fit for me. And I was also tasked with connecting the alumni more with the students, which was also a perfect fit for me as well, because my mom was the vice president of the Chicago alumni chapter at the time. So I was creating, well, reinventing the uh, citywide clubs and so that those clubs could represent the different major cities in at Central State and be direct links back to their hometown um, alumni chapters and things of that nature. And then as I'm doing all of that work and everything is going good, we have a, a town hall meeting. And at this very town hall meeting is where um, oh, there was oh, yeah, we, yeah <laughs> where, where it all broke loose. And at that point in time, at that particular meeting I was supposed to be the person that was holding the mic and um, kind of guarding the mic and previewing for lack of a better word what the what the students who wanted to address the panel were, was to say right so they were supposed to tell me what they were wanting to say um and, you know, if it started getting too crazy, I was to take the mic X, Y, and Z. Or if their words couldn't be articulated correctly, I was to, you know, try my best to articulate what it was that they wanted to say to the panel. A young man comes up there and you can tell that he is very um, frustrated, irritated, um, mad and passionate about what it is that he's trying to say, right? And at this particular town hall meeting, the president of the university was present. And he was directing all of his emotions and stuff to the president. And at that particular time, there was a lot of changes and things going on that was affecting the students. Um, again, my position on campus was a, was a student position and I was the student liaison between the student body and the administration. Mm -hmm. Um and so when 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 because he's actually my friend. He's actually a friend of mine, an associate of mine. Um but when he was addressing the president, it had got to a point where one, he wasn't articulating himself well and two, he was talking to the president, you know, kind of crazy. So um and he wasn't, you know, like I said, he he wasn't getting his thoughts across so I take the mic and I'm like okay cool we, we, we gotta bring this back down and I articulate to him I mean to the president what he's trying to say and it was basically that you know there's a lot of things going on you know we're going to this person the director over this department the director over this department but nothing is happening so now we're coming to you because you're the president but what I said was, you know, you're the captain of this ship. And if nothing works, the buck falls at you. 
that's basically, you know, what he's trying to say. Um, so I articulated whatever he had to say and the meeting was over. The next day, I, uh, mind you, the dean of students was there um, and some other people, some other administration was there. But the next day, I got pulled into a whole bunch of different meetings with the presidents, uh, with someone in the president's office. Yes, um, I got pulled into the meeting with a person over, what was it? student government. I got pulled into a meeting with the dean and I got pulled into a meeting with the vice president over student affairs. So this is like two or three different meetings that I got pulled into. Basically saying that I was so wrong and I disrespected the president and um, you know, I work for, you know, uh, them well, I work, I work for the, the administration and, you know, I'm never to talk to an, uh, my CEO or the president in that manner. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. the president and I are, I love her. Like, I love her. I love this lady. Um, I would never do something like that. Like, <clears throat> I hold her in my in, in the highest regard um and whenever she needs me to do anything i'm always there to do it i'm always very um <clears throat> uh, what do you uh, appreciative and all of that so i was you know really taken um caught off guard and taken aback at you know what was being said to me and it it was being said that you know what i said to her went far beyond what he was saying. Um, and I put my own thoughts and emotions into it and my words, the vernacular that I chose to use. And I'm thinking like, if if I'm paying thousands of dollars to get a college education and my vernacular is a problem, then there's, a, there's an issue, you know? Um, but yeah, so I was told basically that I had to step down or be removed from my, from my position. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll see how this is going to go. Um, and so I just decided to, you know, step down. And I had to step down that same day. Uh, and we had an SGA meeting, ironically, that same day, because the SGA meetings were right after the town hall meeting. And I was choked up as I was telling the, S- the S- members of SGA that I had to step down. Um, and it was probably one of the most, uh, well, probably one of the most damaging things that happened in my college career that still follows me to this day because I still have people that think that I blatantly disrespected her um when that was really a teach a a moment to teach and educate um and i don't think that that was necessarily a moment to have a hard fist and um discipline that definitely you know could have been 
a moment to, you know, educate me as I was a, uh, you know, a young person that was growing up um, and and learning and, you know, was very moldable and teachable. That could have been an easy, uh, easy teaching moment where, you know, you pull me to the side or you have a discussion with me and say, you know, you are in an awkward position. You not only work for the students, but you also work for, you know, the the administration. Um, and so even when, you know, you might be passionate about, you know, a certain topic, this is how you straddle that thing, straddle that, straddle that type rope. So, and yeah, that was yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. that that you know, and I remember got remember I remember I remember getting the call. I remember your mom actually called me, um, and um, I want to train. I, I what, like you said, it's something that still follows you today. Um, mm-hmm. How did that? You said it was a teachable moment. How do you? Well, let me let me because I'm gonna go back to lessons. How do you utilize that lesson? Because, like you said, you're a teacher. So how do you uh, utilize that lesson? And then I want to go ahead and then um, go forward as far as like personal loss. But, but how do you utilize uh, that yeah. lesson that you that happened to you in your undergrad to your students now that you teach? Um, so for that one, it's, it's the first lesson is first you have to identify whether or not a moment is a moment to teach or a moment to discipline. Because if you teach in the moment that you're supposed to discipline, it can have repercussions in the long run. And if you discipline in the moment that you're supposed to teach, you can miss um, vital, vital moments to help elevate and educate um, that next generation growing up. And again, it could be detrimental in the future. because things as far as, you know, learning how to straddle a, a, a fence or um, be a proponent for both sides and speak for both sides is something that people need to know how to do. Okay. Now, your mom, you speak highly again. Your mom is your rock. Mm. She's, she's, every, yep. she's everything to you. And again, I had, a, I had the opportunity, I had the wonderful opportunity to there's a thing at Central State University called Visiting Alumni Day and mm-hmm. uh, she and I were in the same group together I think it was just me and mm-hmm. her and I remember they t- they put us in a in a classroom that didn't have nothing to do with either one of our majors I think it was a, mm-hmm. a, a music class or something like that I can't remember yeah. and I remember me and her was talking I was, she was like this ain't even in my and so I was you know again I'm, I, I know I, I'm a people person, but when I don't know you like well, well, I know I'm a little hesitant. So I know she probably because she was saying stuff, and I was I was listening to her, but I was right. also taking it taking in the like yeah, they really got us in this classroom that neither one of us are majors in, right? And so it was funny to me, and so I remember uh, she I went first and I did my thing, and I never forget she said, "Damn, I'm supposed to follow that." Right. <laughs> I <never forget> she <laughs> said yeah. And I remember she came in and she had uh, I forget what song she was playing. She had a song and she just came in with this energy and everything. 
And then she was just like, you a hard act to follow. And I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't follow you because you had like a whole stage production. So I remember, uh, you know, that was a little joke for the day. Uh, but then, you know, um, your mom transitioned into, uh, she's an ancestor now. And mm-hmm. um, talk to me about that experience um, of losing your best friend. Man, my best friend, that's exactly what it was. Um, and what's even more crazy is I lost my mom three, not even four months after I graduated from college. Mind you, me graduating from college was something that her and I were waiting for, were working towards my whole life. Um, because, you know, her going to Central, I started off at another institution. And then when I transferred to Central, that made her, that I just took, took everything to the next level. Um, and here I am, three months graduating, three months post-graduation, on the top of the world, just moved you know, to another state, um, got my own place, working as at both jobs that I'm working now, and I had a third job at the time. I'm on top of the world, able to save maybe $2,000 a month because I had a roommate at the time, so everything was split. Um, and then I talked to my mom September 2nd. I talked to my mom and encouraged her to go out and have a good time with her friends. And the next day, I was calling her, calling her, calling her, calling her all day until about 2 o'clock is when I got a phone call saying that she had passed away. Actually, saying that she was unconscious. And then I got another phone call as I'm trying to book a flight you know, saying that she had passed away. Um, in that very moment, everything that I knew to be true about life, myself, God, went away. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost everything in that moment. Um, and in that moment, any of the moments after it was it's definitely the lowest I've ever been in my entire life. Because um, <clears throat> I lost everything. Like Me and my mom, we were in sync mm-hmm. for five years straight. Because I went to Central for five years. I studied abroad three times. So mm-hmm. that pushed me back. Mm-hmm. Um, for five years straight, me and my mom talked every day for the minimum of two hours. The minimum. Every day. And if And if she wasn't answering her phone or if I wasn't answering my phone, there was a problem. Like she knew my schedule with like the back of her hand. Um, and the fact that I didn't like to wake up until two, like two o'clock or 12 o'clock in the evening was a problem for her because we were so used to being with each other. Um, it would be even people that would joke with my mom when she would go to church and would uh, say, oh, you look so sad. You know, because your other half isn't here. Um, and then when I would come home, they would come back around like, oh, I, like, oh, I see you found yourself. I see you found your smile again. And she was like, yeah, I got my mini-me here. Mm-hmm. And they was like, we can tell. 
Um, I feel like I made her better, but she made me complete. Mm -hmm. Mm. And when she died, that was, I literally lost my purpose. I had to find my purpose again because everything that I did in school, the, as far as the grades, um, as far as making sure I had great grades, being a biology major, um, being active, being a student leader was because of her. My life's goal at the time was to take, be a doctor to take care of my mom, mm-hmm. to provide for her, to take care of her, to be what she was, to be to her what she was to me. And so when she died, it was like, man, what am I to do now? Who am I? Who am I? Who is Larice? What does Larice want? Mm-hmm. Because now Larice has to live for herself. Because she's not working anymore to make her mom happy. Now she has to figure out what makes her happy. How does she? How is she happy? Because again, I was my world revolved around her because she was my everything. It was just her and I. Mm-hmm. So when, when that happened, it was. It went downhill very fast. Um, And then I was left with uh, just a whole bunch of different responsibilities um, that came with that, that I wasn't ready to take on. Um, And I was also not in the proximity to effectively take it on. Um, She left me a building, and so I had tenants. You know, um, but I lived in Ohio, you know, uh, she also had a car, but, and then she also had other, um, you know, how you have nieces and nephews that are really like your mm-hmm. other son and your other daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a tight situation. My mom and her sister were like best friends. Mm-hmm. And when my aunt passed away, my mom vowed to, you know, to be there for my aunt's kids. And so they grew up like my sisters and brothers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And my mom was kind of like the the glue mm-hmm. to a lot of different situations and dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happened, when she passed away, it was like, ah, Reese, you got to be strong. This is what people was telling me. People were telling me this before I even could get out of the car to go into the building mm-hmm. to when my mom died. Like, it's before I can get out the car to go in with everybody crying. I'm in the car crying and I'm being told before I can get out of the car, you got to be strong. You, you, they, they need you. They need your mom's strength. You got to be strong. Don't cry. And so I immediately got pushed into. A, a lot of things that I wasn't ready for because I was broken. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, that, I, I, I could keep going on and on about that, but I'll stop there. And, I, and, I, and that's one of the things that, you know, when you, one of the things that you mentioned, a couple, there's a lot of things I took some notes on, but one of the things that stood out is when you said you lost who you were. And another thing was that, how your mom is the was the glue, and 
in many families, but I'll, I'll speak specifically to the descendants of Africans in America, is that strong women usually are, is that glue to hold mm-hmm. families and, like you said, situations together. And so mm-hmm. now you're thrust into these situations. So I'm sure that there were some things that, you know, probably figuratively and literally like slapped you in the face. And mm-hmm. even when you said about how you even looked at God, I can see you being angry at God. Can you speak briefly on the anger and then, cause I want to transition into the forgiveness piece that you want to talk about, but what was some, like what I can only imagine the anger that you felt. Oh yeah. I was, I was definitely um, very angry and not only angry. I was, I didn't know who to trust. I was very um, guarded in a lot of things, you know, because the, I grew up in the church mm-hmm. and I grew up believing in God mm-hmm. my whole life. And so for him, for God to do something like this to me, you know, at this point in time, uh, because, you know, me and my mom, we, we, we didn't foresee this happening. You know what I'm saying? We were making plans for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this to happen to me, it was, you know, I had literally turned my back and somebody had offered, you know, to pray for me. I was like, no, I don't, I don't want you to pray for me, you know? Um, Cause it, it got, you know, really bad. Um, uh, and, and, you know, people say, you know, never to question God. And I don't believe that because in the Bible it says, um, seek and you shall find, knock and you shall open acts. You know, you, 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 you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you got to ask those questions. <laughs> yeah. You got to ask those questions, you know, um, because if you don't ask questions, when he's really ready to teach you a lesson and give you your answer, you won't be receptive of that knowledge. Um, and so I asked him plenty of times, like, why, why, why did you do this? What are you trying to teach me? Why me? Um, and I quickly learned again, it's that lesson. I quickly learned that one, I trusted my mom more than I trusted God mm. because I knew my mom was going to have me regardless, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. she, she was my ace bone because she, she, we was glued to the hip. I wasn't really re- reliant on God. Um, and so he had to show me that let me, let, let me move this to the side. You've enjoyed this long enough. Now let me show you why you need me. So let me show you why you need me because what you're about to go through is about to shift your whole life and take you into a new direction in the direction that I want you to go in. Um, so, yeah, but it's, it's really crazy because though at the moment that I was, was questioning whether or not I wanted to, you know, let God back into my life. Um, was it the same at the same very moment that the devil was trying to kill me? Mm-hmm. Um, which is really crazy. I was on a plane headed to Atlanta and I'm sitting, mind you, I I have been seeing God work, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? You know I don't really mess with you right now. <laughs> but we ain't vibing you, right now, God. <laughs> you know we ain't vibing right now. 
I got an attitude towards you, but you still looking out. All right, cool. Thanks. You know, so I'm in the airport and I'm sitting, I'm, I'm in the plane. This lady next to me, the window seat, she breaks out a Bible, right? Mm-hmm. She started reading this Bible and she got words and everything in this Bible. And something told me in my head, mind you, I've never heard God talk to me before in my life, mm-hmm. ever. Not before this moment. Something in my head told me, it was like, man, ask her, ask her to see her Bible. Mind you, God had been showing me different things and showing me like, yeah, I still got you. I got you. I put, I put this in place. I worked this out for you. I took this off your plate. Um, so I've been having these, you know, I had three main questions in my head before I could, you know, be like, okay, God, I'm back. You know, um, and so that voice came in my head and was like, man, ask the lady to see if you could see her Bible. I'm like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. And so I'm doing something on my phone. I'm trying to play a little solitary game, you know, stay. And then the voice. I, I, but I keep looking at the Bible. Like I keep looking at it. My eyes keep peeling towards it. And then I hear the voice again. Ask her for the Bible. Like, ask her if she could see something in her Bible. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. She's going to think I'm crazy. And so I'm just, you know, continuing minding my own business, the business that pays me. It's what I do best. Right. <laughs> and then I look again, I open my mouth, and I'm like, no, that's stupid. And I just put my head down. I look one more time. My body literally jolts in her direction. And so I'm like, okay, sir, get your hands off me. I'm going to do it. That's enough. You ain't got to, you ain't got to touch me. God, please leave me alone. I'm going to do it. So I did it. And, and she was like, huh? And I'm like, can I see your Bible? She was like, yeah, Sure. I, I kid you not, I opened the Bible, I flipped a couple pages, and I went to the exact Bible verse that answered the question that I needed. Mm. I flipped again. I flipped a couple pages again, because mind you, I told you, I grew up in a church. Mm-hmm. I grew up doing, like, Bible bowl competitions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I flipped again, and I read another Bible verse, you know, that answered another question, right? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm talking to the lady, come to find out she teaches the scripture, right? She teaches the scripture for a living. You know, her husband mm-hmm. was a pastor, you know, and she was like a Sunday school teacher that, you know, teaches the Bible and stuff like that. And, you know, she gave me her number and she said, you know, anytime, you know, you want to talk or anything, you know, call me. And I was, you know, asking her different questions and stuff. And, she didn't notice she was answering the questions that I had been asking, mm-hmm. you know? And we was, you know, she was showing me different stuff. And I was like, man, I've been, I've been meaning, I've been wanting to get a Bible for a minute. You know, I think when I, when I get back home, I'm going to go get one. By the time we get off the plane, she gives me her Bible. Mm-hmm. And she said, if you have any questions, here's my number. I want you to call me. If you have any questions about anything you see in here, call me. Right. So she gives me the Bible 
the next day is Thanksgiving. I eat something. I have an allergic reaction that I don't, I'm, I don't know that I'm having. Mm-hmm. Right. Friday, Thursday night, I'm breaking out. And I'm like, oh, I'm cool. Sunday, Saturday, my throat is almost closed and I have to be rushed to the hospital. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to get a whole bunch of shots to stop my throat from closing because I had ate something that I was allergic to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I was having a severe allergic reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, I know it's crazy, but it's like, man, just just how those two things happened right back to back. I you know, was um, reluctant to to ask this lady, you know, for this Bible. Mm-hmm. I ended up doing it, not knowing that the devil was, you know, going to test, was was putting a test on my life mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a matter of hours, right? In, in a matter of hours, because I hadn't even been in Atlanta for 12 full hours. Um, so, yeah, so... I, I, the, the, I really <laughs> God's my man, man. He even though I, I had a, a little frustration, a lot of frustration to him, he still stuck by me through everything and kept blessing me and kept showing me that, you know, just trust the process, mm-hmm. ask questions, look for the lesson. And continue being true to true to oneself, and that was one thing that I also made sure that, you know, when I was going through everything that I was going through, even when I didn't have, even when God wasn't, you know, one of my biggest, you know, I wasn't one of the biggest fans of God. I always tried to make sure that I protected my 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 karma and I protected my positive energy, and I didn't put negative things out there um, because I didn't want those negative things coming back around to me. And I was trying to make sure I stayed true to myself and my genuine, um, my genuine personality, who I was to the core. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So forgiveness, what, what was the, what was the lesson in forgiveness that you, that you had to learn or that you, that you had to, um, that you had to display? Man. I got a question for you, Gidrum. Go ahead. If there was, if somebody owed you some money, right? Yep. Like say $100 and they never gave it to you and you know they weren't going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Would you forgive them? Hmm. And they, 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 <laughs> They, you wouldn't think this of this person because you know this person. Y'all grew up together. And and I'm in that situation right this second. I mean, it's not a money situation. I'm in a situation right like right now. There's a, somebody mm-hmm. who, who was very you know that was very close to me, uh, treated me in a way that I didn't think that's right. And mm-hmm. so what I had to learn, and I also had to do this with my father. You know, when my my father 
wasn't active in my life the way I wanted them to be. And my father attempted to apologize. I didn't really hear it at the time. And then my father transitioned to, you know, to be an ancestor. And so I had to, I, you know, I spoke on it even in my TED Talks, uh, shameless plug. But um, and as far as, <laughs> as far as forgiveness and what that really looks like, because when you don't forgive, you're holding on to that negative energy. You're holding mm-hmm. on to all of that. And so for me to answer your question specifically, it depends on the trick. Cause like money is one of those triggers for me. Cause I'm not really big on money. It's a hundred dollars, but it's a hundred dollars. Oh, at the end of the day, it's a hundred dollars. Can I make that money again? Yes. It ain't the money itself. It's the okay. principle because I didn't right? think it was like it's that. The principle. So for me to answer your question, yeah, I can forgive you, but I just could never mess with you again. And I, and I think that that's where those lines get blurred because mm-hmm. over time I can forget about it, but I just can't never mess with you again. You know what I'm saying? A thousand. And so take that, it to a thousand. Yeah, so take it to a thousand. Take it to a thousand dollars? Yeah. We might have to square up. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that happened to me in Central State. Like That's how I met my uh, mentor. and he was, the, he was my hall coordinator at the time and my roommate owed me a hundred and twenty four dollars, I never forget. And mm-hmm. I came back; it was over break, and I walked in. I said, "Hey, man, you got my money?" He was like, "No, nah, man." He got trying to make an excuse. I said, "Look, either you pay me my money, or every day I see you, I'm gonna fight you." I said, mm-hmm. "Win or lose, every day I see you, I'm going to fight you." And so he mm-hmm. went, got my, you know, the hall director at the time. So I told him what happened. He was like, "Cause he just looked at me. He said." You dudes from Cleveland. He just shook his head, and so he mm-hmm. moved him out. So, but a thousand dollars, yeah, we got to square up, Reese. We got to square up. Take it to five thousand. We got to square up. <laughs> it's gonna be on site. It's gonna be on yeah. site, Reese. Yeah, I, it, it. Each increment that you're going up is only gonna make it worse for that person as, as when you come to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. Gonna, it's gonna be on that, site. <laughs> it, it was. It, it was kind of like ten thousand. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, because like I said, my mom left me a building, mm-hmm. you know, so I had tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the rent situation, I got up there. Uh, and so I had, I, I had came out maybe, I want to say 9000 out of my pocket mm. of paying on different things and stuff like that so I can get it out and get, so I can get the building out of my name and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I had, uh, you know, tenants that, you know, weren't paying rent um, because they had got, you know, wind of the different processes that I was, you know, going through and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. So that happened, right? And ten thousand dollars, you—that's well, uh, anything between eight and ten. Anything over five, a thousand, <laughs> you know, a thousand. Yeah. You know, you you gonna want chores, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've come to a place mm-hmm. of complete forgiveness for that individual. That's good. Um, and I had to, and, and I, and I, I'm a strong believer in the fact that there's a difference between forgiveness and complete forgiveness. 
Okay. A lot of people are able to forgive, but a lot of people aren't able to come to a place of complete forgiveness. Um, like, what's the difference, right? A place of, com- you know, if you can forgive somebody, right? Mm-hmm. You could be in the same presence with them, but subconsciously, you're suppressing those the what that person did, what that person said, what that person owed, um, how they made you feel. You're consciously suppressing those thoughts because it this the the mere fact that you're seeing them or you hearing their name, especially if what they did was damaging enough, it resurfaces that. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that when you're in a state of complete forgiveness, you don't have to consciously or subconsciously suppress those emotions, mm-hmm. suppress those thoughts, suppress those feelings. I believe that once you're in a state of complete forgiveness, you're there with that person and it's like it never happened. Yeah, I'm not, I know it happened, but the weight of that situation doesn't have any negative effect on my life. It doesn't take up space. It doesn't hold any energy. Um, And that's something that I had to learn Mm -hmm. post my mom passing away because of the simple fact that I was dealing with a lot, a lot of stress Mm -hmm. um, and and, and a lot of things mentally and emotionally and I had to to figure out how to let things go, how to how to take the baggage off. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, if you don't forgive somebody, that that weighs on you. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was weighing on me. The fact that I couldn't have that relationship that I had with that person mm-hmm. was winning on me. Mm-hmm. The fact that um, a lot of things had been said to uh, damage my character mm-hmm. was winning on me. Not because it was true, because it wasn't true. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that it was being said and I was in the position where I can't say anything because I can't mess up what it is that I'm trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you can open your mouth mm-hmm. and you ruin everything that you, you've been working on. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep. Um, and a lot of times you want so bad to clear your name and to set the record straight. But I had to realize no. No. Because whatever is meant to happen, God will work it out. Whatever stone is meant to be overturned is going to be overturned not by my doing, but by God. And everything that's supposed to happen is going to happen in his natural, in his natural course. Mm. And everything that's done in the dark is going to come to light. And it's not on my time because my time would have been right now. Right? But it's it's on God's time. And a lot of times... I've, I've had to learn a lot of times when I want something right now, lady down the road, I realize I ain't need it right then and there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, I know that. I'm, yeah. 
I want to talk about as we as we close because uh, mm-hmm. I always want to make sure. I mean, because you've dropped so many nuggets, uh, but one of the things that I told you that I was admiring about you is you got a little fella in your life, um, little dude, handsome little guy, full of energy. And mm-hmm. can you? Um, I think he's, I think it's your godson, but yeah, I I see without really knowing your mom like that. I see the maternal motherly just interactions that y'all have. Um, can you uh-huh. describe what that feeling is like and what was it? How is he playing a role right now in your healing and everything that's going on with you currently? Man, that's like my best man right now. You know, um, he's one. Um, he was born in January of 2019. And so when he, uh, so when he was conceived, it was during the the hardest time of my life. It was during 2018 when I was one foot almost in jail and one foot almost dead, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, that, that was that was where I was at. I was either going to be dead or in jail in 2018. I tell everybody, I, well, not everybody, but I tell people that I'm close to if you know, if you met me during 2018, I, I wouldn't even want to meet myself during that, that time because I was, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told myself the same thing that my mom told my goddad, who was my uncle, because my uncle was on drugs and stuff like that, kind of bad, and you know, was you know on the wrong on the wrong path. But when my mom got pregnant. Um, she told my, my goddad, she's like, you know, I'll make you the goddad if, you know, you get clean and you, 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 you know, you walk the straight and narrow X, Y, Z. And you won't be he's my goddad's 27. I'm about to be 27 and he's been clean and this is my, my, my favorite uncle. You know what I'm saying? One of my favorite uncles. Um, and my, my mom's go-to man, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of made that same, that same, you know, gamble or, or wager with myself. I said, you know, I have to change. If you know, I have to be a positive role model. I have to be that light. I have to be everything that I can be. You know, with you know me about to be a gamma. Mm. You know. Because if anything happened to his mom, it's on me. You know, mm-hmm. and she told me that. She said, you know, if anything happened to me, he's going to be with you. And I was like, all right. And from that moment on, I constantly worked on myself, worked on myself, worked on myself. And worked on my mental health, worked on some of the habits that I, you know, I got into post my mom passing away. And he was born January 14, 2019. And in February of 2019 is when I started therapy, grief therapy. Mm. But before that, you know, people, I I was talking to different people that I was close to. um, And they were like, you know, you should do 
therapy or counseling. I'm like, no, 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 no. But I had did a lot of soul searching and building myself up and um, trying to get out of that hole that I was in in 2018 towards the, towards the, the, the later part of it. Mm-hmm. And so by the time February 2019 came, when my godson was here, I had hit rock bottom and I was on my way back up to, you know, rebuilding myself and, and putting myself in a position where I was ready to take myself to the next level. Cause I knew I could only do so much on my own. I could only do so much self healing. I needed somebody else with unbiased expertise to tap into me. Um, and my godson, he was definitely there on nights where I felt so lonely and I would have him here, and I would babysit because I, I we get him once or twice a week ever since he's been three months, mm-hmm. and he'll he's his birthday is coming up. He'll be two, mm-hmm. coming up shortly. Um, and it was just like he was just so innocent, and he just gave me all the love that I needed, and I was missing, and I was wanting, and I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was feeling down, you know. He, he, I all I could do was just look at him and just look at like what such a wonderful creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like he loved me so much, even though I was broken, mm-hmm. and that that definitely helped heal me. And it was crazy because the other day was the anniversary of my mom's passing this year, mm-hmm. and he was here. Mm-hmm. I actually did that on purpose. I kept him for like four days straight on purpose because I knew it was coming up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I, I got my God, we gonna be good. Mm-hmm. But um I was feeling down and I called his mom. She like turn TV on and, and turn it turn on Dior song and y'all have fun and y'all dance. I'm on my way. Um and and me being able to laugh and play with him, you know, it definitely helped take the tears away. Um, and it helped me realize a lot of the things that my mom gave me, a lot, a lot of the knowledge that she gave me about motherhood, about being a positive role model, um, because I see different things. I see, you know, me mimicking different things, um, that she used to do with me or she taught me or she had me do, um. And it also, you know, lets me know that, you know, although, you know, she isn't here to see me have a kid, she was here to give me everything that I needed to raise a kid in the right way. Um, And it's showing me that through, you know, what I do do for, you know, my godson and how I'm very involved. in his life, and I mean, I thank God for the timing of him because that was definitely my catalyst to okay, come on, we we, we got to get back on the right track because this ain't it. Um, and one of the things that, and one of the things that you said, I'm I'm sorry for interrupting. I wrote it down because it's 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 so powerful. So please forgive me for interrupting y'all. I didn't I didn't mean that. Oh no, go ahead. Um, you said he was love. You looked at him and you saw love while you were broken, and mm-hmm. that right there is 
you know, as we go full circle and and, and and closing and wrapping up, that's the that's it goes back to lessons. So that's why I purposely started with lessons. And let's walk we walked all the way through that, or you walked us through that, and we ended up again with lessons. Mm-hmm. And sweetie, that's just the the cycle of life. And when you do get blessed to have children and you get blessed to be my age, was not that much older than you. <laughs> when, right. When you get blessed to be that way, I mean, that's what it, it keeps coming back circle. Lessons, lessons, lessons. It's stuff that my mom said when I was younger. I'm just not really getting it because I had to live. Uh, my grandma, mm-hmm. you know, my grandmother, my mom uh, pretty much raised me. My grandmother, you know, helped raise me. And she always had this uh, saying, like, yeah, just keep on living. And that 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 meant so many things to me now. You know, one, mm-hmm. the goal of life is to get old. The, mm-hmm. That's the goal. And then as you keep living and you keep making decisions so that you can live, you experience the whole gambit from joy to pain to joy again. And, again, like I said, when I watch you, on your IG live with the little fellow, man, he is hilarious. And, hilarious. And I, I watch you though, and I watch you as you watch him, and I watch you know the, you know times he just sleep, and it's just the comfort that you feel, and that's what kids do, you know. Again, I, you know, whatever was going on with my dad at the time where he didn't, he couldn't or didn't, you know, could be with my brother and I, you know, I forgave him. But it still hurt. Like, I still to this day cry. Like, I still cry like, man, what was it about us? But then God blessed me with not one, not two, not three, but four boys. And right. they're four different versions of me, you know. And so I get the opportunity to give them the to give them what they needed at that age that I didn't get at that age. And right. so that's one of the things that. You know, I want to continue to encourage you. So I want you to give uh, the listeners, the worldwide listeners, give give us a jewel, give us some, give something, uh, something a takeaway, some encouragement, and then we're gonna wrap it up from there. So I'm gonna give you that. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's something that I live by, and it's simple. It's no doesn't mean never. The end doesn't mean the ending. And if you fail at something, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just gives you the opportunity to begin again more intelligently because now you know what to do and not to do. And that's it. That's it. And just keep going. Don't quit. Man, that was that was that was powerful. <laughs> Brief and powerful. That's great. And I just want to continue. I want to thank you again. And I and again, I don't mince my words. What you know about me, what I say is what I mean. Like you, I am a fan of you. You whatever you need, you know. And like, and I'm real honest because I don't have a I don't have fans out in the world. I have I you know I call my community a trust club. And mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, reason I don't talk every day. We don't talk often. You know we. Right. It's the thing of it's. I don't know. Is I'll say a guy thing like we'll chime in on each other, right when that person needed it. It's you know the the mass that. So lady, she she's traveled the world and she was over in Africa. So I was just like, hey, you know, while you're over there, could you get me a mask? I've said that to probably hundreds of people that have been abroad. 
she's one of three people that have ever brought me something back. And that means something to me. Your mask sits in a place in my office that's in a sacred place. Not necessarily because it was from Africa. It's because you gave it to me. You know, and mm. that's that connection. So to me, it's not about talking every day. It's about yeah. talking when you need that person or mm-hmm. you, you know, you can step back whenever, you know, whenever you make your post and I feel like, okay, she might be kind of going through something. I'll chime in. Hey, you know, I'm here. I mean, cause I think also people want to say the right things, but there's nothing I could say that's going to heal the hole that's in your heart that your mom right. like, there's nothing I can say. So right. there's nothing else, but other than, Hey, you all right, you cool. You know, just be, you know, be transparent with me, you know, and you do. All right. And I, and, Hey, you know, I'm here if you need me. And sometimes right. that's what all you, that's with some people in your life. That's all you need. And so again, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for your inspiration to a lot of people, your inspiration, because a pastor once told me, he said, don't listen to what I say. Watch what I do. And right. I live my right. life by that. Like my grandfather taught me, he's like, watch people. Don't listen to what they say, but watch them. And I watch mm-hmm. you. I watch you. You're, you, you, you're an excellent role model. You are one thank of you. the legends and pillars that have walked through that university. And so we all thank you. And, um, thank and you. I thank you. And so, thank uh, you. ladies and gentlemen, um, so as always, thank you for listening to the Ken's Corner Podcast. As always, you can follow me on all my social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ken's Corner. And you can also interact with me on my website, which is www.kenscorner.co. That's www.kenscorner.co. So thank you to the lovely, intelligent um, all those things who can't now see I'm going to say this before I end so ladies and gentlemen she challenged me we're going to broadcast this speed game live yeah alright she think, for real. She don't think a brother can play speed and I you know for those who don't know speed you just don't know so we're going to get together sooner than later we're going to have this competition live and then it's gonna go for what you know. It is what it is, you know. But I'm not. Yep. I don't, and then I'm, I need me a lamb, a lamb chop dinner. <laughs> no, and then you gonna mess around and you gonna cook that up. What, what was that? Like a Hennessy shrimp, or what was that? It, it was a bacon and shrimp and grits with Henne- with black Hennessy. Okay, so I don't eat pork. So if you took the, if you took nah, the nah, nah, I, I swear I'm like no point for me, you know. <laughs> That's that ancient <laughs> Nicki Minaj uh, verse. I don't do that pork. <laughs> So yeah, so she always talk about my cooking, but she can cook too. So we're gonna get that together, put that on on social media so people can interact. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much to our lovely and uh smart and very inspirational uh person today. Uh Reese, love you. you, love you to life. And as love all, you too. as always, ladies and gentlemen, I love, I trust, and I respect you. This is Ken of Ken's Corner Podcast. Peace out.